0: Welcome to the Get Your Health Together podcast, your go-to source for optimizing your metabolism, hormones, and results, plus a little tough love along the way. I'm your host, Lexi Swearengin, a holistic online health and fitness coach for women who want to understand the why behind their transformation while also living in the moment. I'm here to bridge the gap between macros and mindful eating, and have helped hundreds of women achieve their physique goals while also prioritizing optimal health. Now it's your turn. It's time to get your health together. Hello, you guys, and welcome back to the Get Your Health Together podcast. Before we really get started and dive in today, I first of all want to thank you all for continuing to be here and remind you that if you do get value from listening to my episodes, Please, please, please share or support them in whatever way makes sense and feels good for you. You might be the person who hears me say this every single week and hasn't done it, but I promise your support makes a huge difference. So... Take two seconds, drop a rating on Spotify, type up a quick review on Apple, or even just send this over to a friend or pop it in your Instagram story. Anything helps. It really is valuable. So rant over into the good stuff. Today's topic is so important, but honestly, aren't they all? Because I hear about it all of the time. As you know, it is really one of the biggest places that people get stuck in their health journeys and you know, I guess that makes sense because literally what we're talking about today is getting stuck. So the episode is really going to be about weight loss plateaus. What do you do when you hit one? How do you push through them? And ultimately we're also going to be diving into kind of like I want to drop that last 10 pounds, that last five pounds type of mentality. Like, it's just the last few stubborn pounds. That's what we're kind of getting into um, in the context of weight loss plateaus. And, you know, this applies to any weight loss plateau that you're kind of hitting as well. So, before we even get going, I want to make sure that we understand there is a huge, massive, you know, gigantic amount of context required here. And also that the key to getting through plateaus sustainably and maintaining your results is going to be nutritional periodization. Okay. You're going to hear me bring this up like 30 times in this episode, probably, because it's so important. And oftentimes coming full circle, you know, we're gonna come back to that idea of nutritional periodization. And if you are lacking that strategy, it's going to be confusing and you're you're probably gonna be riding the struggle bus for the long haul of your fitness journey. And, you know, we just don't love that. So Jumping on in, I want to talk about the concept of the last 10 pounds because that is where I see, you know, most people getting stuck with those stubborn, stubborn last couple pounds. Even my own clients will be like, oh, this was going so smoothly and now I'm just stuck. Um, And the reality is like, you're not necessarily stuck. It's just that those last couple pounds are inevitably going to be harder, right? you are healthier now. The weight isn't just going to fall off because your body wants them to. You're kind of going to have to push your body to that new level of discomfort to get them off. Um, And I talk about this a lot too when I speak about like stress on your body. And we talk about a calorie deficit, or like you know, basically a calorie deficit is controlled under eating, right? So you hear a lot about that being referred to as stress on the body. But what we're oftentimes missing is that it's also stressful on the body when we're maybe holding a little bit of extra body fat, or you know, we're we're eating the standard American diet, we're not eating super healthy, we're eating excessive calories. Um, that's also stressful on the body. So if you're in that boat and you adopt these healthier habits, you know, you stop being sedentary and you start moving, you start eating a more appropriate calorie level for your body. And, you know, you might feel like the first little bit of weight starts falling off of you. Right. And then maybe you're down who, who knows how many pounds and you're kind of at that healthy weight. But now you're like, ooh, I just want to lose a little bit more and like get a little leaner, you know, push my physique just a little bit further. Well, that's going to be a lot harder because now kind of like the stress on your body is that calorie deficit. And I hope that makes sense to you guys. Um, But it is going to be challenging to get that last bit off. So with that in mind, we have to think, you know, how lean are you trying to get? Is it realistic to even achieve that? And then even further, like, is it sustainable? And whether it is or it isn't, you know, that's okay. So we'll kind of get into that too. And some of you really just might be trying to reach that general good body composition for health. I have plenty of clients who are in this boat who, you know, are kind of just on this long term weight loss journey. Maybe they have a little bit of extra weight to lose and they're not out here trying to get a six pack. They're just like, hey, I'm just trying to get to a healthy body composition. And that should absolutely... Be sustainable. So, we'll definitely talk about some like actionable steps to push through plateaus and get there if you are genuinely stuck. But there's another like, subcategory of you that really are like trying to get lean, lean. Like, you're trying to see the abs. You're imagining yourself in this like super low body fat, kind of like shredded body. Maybe you're comparing to what you see on Instagram. Maybe you're even comparing to like bikini competitors that you follow. I know a lot of coaches, a lot of people who, you know, do what I do and coach online and work in the fitness industry kind of got their start or like got their publicity on social media through competing in bodybuilding shows. So oftentimes they do have those pictures where they're super lean. And, you know, I know that's also popular on TikTok. So that's a lot of what you might be seeing and comparing to. So even if you are able to reach that goal, the reality is that it might not be sustainable. And I think that that is going to be a key topic for this episode. So another thing to note here, you know, I could talk myself in circles with this topic, but everybody has different levels of body fat that is kind of like sustainable, you know? So you know, we all probably have that friend and we're like, oh my gosh, she's always so thin or like always has the six pack and you feel like they eat whatever they want and is like healthy and fine, (laughs) you know? So, you know, we see some people that have that abs and the really lean body and they still have a healthy cycle and they're doing just fine. It's easy for them to maintain that and get on with their life. Um, and then that just isn't the case for others. You know, like for me, it isn't sustainable to be that lean or that shredded or anything like that. I, I cannot maintain that low of a body fat percentage while eating an appropriate number of calories for my health. So we're all different. All of our bodies are different. We've all been dealt different cards. So like, I don't want to get you in this fixed mindset where you're like, oh, I can only push myself so far. You can absolutely push yourself as as far as you want and you are able to achieve so much but we do all just have different bodies so be careful with who you're comparing to so at this point I'm kind of just speaking on like prerequisites at this point for addressing a plateau um because if you're stuck we obviously want to think about why should we continue all of that jazz so you know on we go um with that question should you even be continuing to diet Have you been doing it for years or have you been trying to do it for years? You know, are you one of those people who has been trying to lose weight for as long as you can even remember? I mean, I talk to women all the time who've been trying to lose weight since they were teenagers. You know what I mean? So with that, we have to think, is there mental fatigue happening where you're struggling to stay adherent to the plan just because you're sick of it? Like you're really just maybe sick of it. Um, you've been trying for years and years and years. Um, and if you can't adhere, you're not going to push through that hardest part of the journey. Like you're just not. And at that point, is it really worth it? Or do you just say like, let's cut our losses and go to maintenance? Um, is biofeedback totally tanked? You know, is your digestion crappy? Are you having poor sleep quality? Um, again, are you just choosing not to adhere because you Freaking hate it at this point, or have you been going so long that you've been made? You've made so many adjustments that it is unsustainable. Like maybe your calories started at two thousand and slowly, slowly, slowly now they're down to fourteen hundred. Okay, well, your first adjustment from two thousand to eighteen hundred was sustainable, but now jumping from fourteen hundred to thirteen hundred, like you know, at some point you just might want to tap out, (laughs) and that's just fine. Um. Regardless of which one of those things maybe resonated, if you're in that situation, a break could benefit you. You'll have less food focus. You'll have better training sessions. You'll have less mental fatigue if you just go to maintenance. Maybe you do it shortly or maybe you just need to pull the plug, you know? For some people, just a little diet break can be really fulfilling, whether that's like a week or a weekend or like a whole month or whatever it is. Um, Or maybe you need a full-on maintenance phase. And a lot of my clients who come to me, it's like they're in that scenario where they really have been trying to diet since they were in high school. And at that point, it's like, okay, let's bring calories up before we even try. So I would consider that like a plateau, you know? So another question, and a lot of this one I think just comes down to lack of understanding, maybe lack of education around body composition, but if you're not in a situation where you're like already working with a coach or you're already in a progressive fat loss phase, this is where I see this one happening a lot. So the question is Does your body really need to lose 10 pounds of fat or five pounds of fat or whatever to get you closer to the goal? We are typically so tied to the number on the scale that we want to see, but that might not actually be aligned with the way that you want to look. I literally just made a post about this earlier this week with my surgery. So basically throughout my surgery, right, um, I posted my progress pictures from right before I got injured, the very end of February, and a week ago. So post-surgery by like what, eight, eight or nine weeks at this point. Um, and I've lost weight. I've lost like eight pounds, like, or it's kind of climbing back up. Thank goodness. But the scale has went down and I posted my progress photos and you can see, like, I mean, I look better when the scale was up eight pounds back in February. So, you know, in that case, the scale going down, it really didn't make me look leaner. I'm just losing muscle mass from not training. And I think that's what a lot of people don't understand. So if you're in a phase where you have been progressively cutting, 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 maybe, yeah, you need to lose a little bit more body fat to reach that goal. You know what you're doing. But if you're someone who's just like continuously kind of on this hamster wheel by themselves thinking, I need to lose weight, I need to lose weight, and you're constantly eating less, maybe you're in the situation where like, hey, you might not actually need to lose fat. I also used to feel like this when I just started my finish journey. I was in this boat where I would post, I I, I probably still have the Pinterest board on my Pinterest account. Oh my goodness. Where I would, I had like, it was called like healthy lifestyle, I think. And basically I would post all these like inspo bodies on Pinterest thinking that to reach those, I needed to lose weight. And Looking back, there's absolutely no amount of fat loss that would have left me achieving those goal bodies that I thought I wanted. I, I had no muscle underneath. Like I was posting these girls who were like super toned, had nice like rounded booties, like abs. There was no way I was going to achieve that. I'd never lifted a weight in my life. Um, so the reality is, is you might be letting this number that you're so obsessed with seeing prevent you from getting the look that you want and like what you actually want to see in the mirror. What you might really need to reach the look you want is more food, more training intensity, um, things that you just clearly are not going to get while you're trying to diet. And then after you build that muscle, maybe you go back and you go through the fat loss phase and you cut to achieve that look you want. Or maybe just adding the muscle itself is going to give you the appearance that you want. Like maybe you don't even have that much body fat to lose and there's just nothing under there. So you aren't looking toned. I've seen that happen before too, where it's like, dang, I really just didn't need to lose weight. I just needed to build something under it so that I have some somewhat of a shape. (laughs) So who really knows? Um, and that's another reason why, a coach can really help you. Like I can typically look at my clients' photos when they come in or just what they're telling me, their height, their weight, all that, you know, type of thing and determine like, Hey, you really don't have a ton of fat to lose, but you do need to train harder. Like I have girls who come in, like, you know, I'm about five, seven, I weigh 140 pounds. I have girls come in who are about that same amount. Like, Five, seven, 140 pounds, but they're like, I want to be lean like you. Well, yeah, it's because I'm 140 pounds and have plenty of muscle mass and it shows, and you're 140 pounds and you've never followed a weightlifting program, you know? So maybe you'd look like me if you just shifted that body composition a little bit, and that's where we get into recomp. So, you know, and while we're speaking about a coach, I'd, I want to loop back around to the sustainability factor. So is what's in your head as this goal body truly sustainable long-term? We might be able to get you there, sure, for a limited amount of time, but depending on what you're envisioning as far as your body composition and life goes, it might not be sustainable, okay? I often have women who come to me already pretty lean and... They want more, but they also want to live that balance and they aren't expecting or anticipating kind of just how hard they might need to push for a period of time to get to that level of leanness. Um, And these are the clients who come to me like they are already at that, what you would consider a healthy body composition. Like they're not overweight. They just aren't Super lean, and they want to get super lean, but they're like, I want balance in my life. I want to be able to have drinks, and I'm like, well, the reality is, the balance that you want is kind of more of a maintenance lifestyle, you know. So, lastly, I guess as far as like those prereq prerequisites go for addressing a plateau, have you really optimized your body composition in every way aside from just like calories and exercise. Um like the calories in, calories out, right? Let's think about your recovery. Are you dealing with water retention and stress and inflammation because guess what? All of these things are going to impact your body composition. Um this is why when my clients first come to me, before I'm just like, "All right, let's crank your calories down into a deficit." We go through this kind of like optimization period and for some people that might be two weeks at maintenance calories really like dialing in their macros and their sleep and for some people that's like hey we don't really have any healthy habits so we have a lot of room to grow without even changing your calorie intake into this huge deficit right away um And getting those basic variables in check, we can really see the scale drop without even changing food. For instance, I had one client who started with me recently and she was just struggling with consistency. I mean, straight up, like it was just her weekends were wild. There was a lot of alcohol happening. And in our first week together, I think the scale went down at least four pounds just from like not having a crazy weekend where her calories were like completely way out of control in comparison to the week. That's not because she lost four pounds from being in a calorie deficit from one week. It's just because, hey, we're not like super bloated after the weekend. We're not, you know, holding a bunch of water. Um, We actually got some sleep. Like it's just basic stuff like that. So alcohol, lack of sleep, poor diet quality. Um, You know, you're just eating like, crappy kind of standard American diet you're dehydrated poor water intake maybe you're overtraining maybe you are following some you know random influencer program where every workout is like 10 exercises and a cajillion sets and all this stuff and you're not recovering from it because you're not focusing on the sleep and the water and the quality nutrition you know so you just have this chronic stress maybe your digestion's out of whack like we shake our heads at these things and we're like, okay, Lexi, but like, really just tell me like, what does my calorie deficit need to be? Or <laughs> Like how much cardio should I do? Or like, what are, what are the right macros for me? And we just kind of disregard these things, but like that new diet, um, the excessive training volume, et cetera, like it just might not be what you need, Uh, we need, you you might just need a lifestyle change and then those things are also going to impact your body composition and what you see in the mirror and what you see on the scale. You know, if you drop four pounds of water, you're going to look vastly different in the mirror. You're going to feel vastly different in your clothes and obviously you're going to see it on the scale. So don't disregard that stuff. Um, now, that's kind of everything, I think, as far as like things to consider um, before really saying like, help, I'm in a plateau, what do I do? So let's dive into plateaus if you really have kind of considered all of those things. What is a plateau, first of all? I mean, this means that you've been stuck for a couple of weeks, you know, like you've made a macro adjustment or you're hitting a certain calorie intake and so with this said too, like you've standardized your calorie intake and you've standardized your output. You've standardized your exercise. So maybe you're hitting, you know, 8K steps and you're lifting three times a week and you're eating 1800 calories. Okay. So you are stuck there. You've made this adjustment. You've stuck to it consistently. Um, it doesn't mean, your coach adjusted your macros and eh, I was kind of consistent and now I think it's not working, right? It doesn't mean that, hey, my coach adjusted my macros and then I whoopsies like eight out five times. And also I had my period and I had more alcohol than I normally have and I didn't really sleep much. And now you're like, it's not working. You know, most people aren't truly stalled at these plateaus. They're just missing some aspect of the consistency. So keep that in mind, and we'll circle back to that later. Don't you worry. Um, but if you really are stuck, you've got a couple of options, right? And it's kind of addressing one of those things that I just spoke on. We need these to be standardized. So if you're genuinely stuck, obviously you can make a macro adjustment, you can decrease your calories a little bit. Um, and, you know, I'll talk about the sustainability of that in a second. You can increase your cardio. So assuming you're at a certain point in the diet, um, you have to take those stress levels into account, right? Do we need to be adding cardio? If we do, should it be low intensity or like HIIT? Should it be interval training? probably a lower intensity or just like steady state cardio unless you have l- literally like no other stress going on in your life. Right. And then with the cardio, we also have to assess like time availability. Um, do you have time to keep adding cardio? And then in addition to cardio, we look at our NEAT. So your non-exercise activity, thermogenesis. So first of all, do you have a goal in place for like your steps uh, I know some people do some people don't if you don't that's the first place I would look like what are your steps averaging because if you're in a calorie deficit you're going to subconsciously lower your meat and I mean that in a couple ways so everything from just kind of like talking with your hands facial expressions fidgeting that stuff is going to take a dive whenever you go into a diet because our body's trying to conserve energy. Um you're also going to have less motivation to like get up and go on a walk, get up off the couch and go vacuum your kitchen. You know what I mean? Like you just have a little bit less drive to move your body because you are literally trying to conserve the energy that you're under eating on. So make sure that you are hitting like a standardized number of steps or whatever it is, or there's just no way to kind of do your best at least to guarantee that that output is staying consistent and you're staying in the deficit. So you can also, if you are, if you do have a standardized NEAT, if you are at like that 8K steps a day, you know, try bumping it to nine, try bumping it to 10. Um, you can also do like a combination of the two. Like if you do have room to add cardio and especially early in a deficit, um, you could of course make these adjustments, you know. You could do add a little cardio, you could maybe cut a little food. I know people have different different preferences. And then you can also improve your adherence. So I think this falls kind of into the consistency um the consistency bucket, but think about like if you are going out to eat multiple times a week, maybe think about removing those, you know, or cutting them down. Because that's obviously guesstimation, you know, you're probably eating more than you think. If you're taking any, I hate the term, but cheap meals or free meals, uh, you could always take that out and just be like, I'm going to track everything. I know for a lot of my clients, they'll take like mindful days and when we get deep into a cut, it's like, sure, you can keep taking those days if you want, but the reality is when you're not monitoring yourself, you're probably eating more than you think you are and if you're really determined to see the results in this cut, get in and get out, then maybe tracking every day is the move for right now. So just even like removing some of the fun foods that you eat or like packaged foods because of errors with that, like keeping your foods more simple so that tracking is more consistent. Stop eyeballing your portions, all that type of thing. Improving that adherence can really help. So that's just the reality. And I know it hurts. Like people are like, I'm stuck and I don't want to eat less again. You know, like I don't want to do that. But that is just the reality. You know, we have to create that calorie deficit again um, or deepen it or whatever. So you can take it or leave it. And that is kind of what I was saying at the beginning of the episode. If you are just generally to the point of being stuck where you cannot fathom doing those things, kind of like what I mentioned earlier, if you're at 1400 calories and you're like, bitch, I cannot go any lower than that. Not like I would even advocate for that necessarily. Um, But if you're at that point or you're like, oh my gosh, I'm already doing five cardio sessions and three to four training sessions like I cannot do more I physically don't have more time left in the day then guess what it is just simply not time to continue to diet and you need to probably come to terms with it you know um it's as simple as that <laughs> and that maybe that sucks to hear but getting through a plateau requires typically doing more. And if you are really on point with your recovery stuff and you are being so consistent with your tracking, like genuinely, and everything is where it is and you can't possibly push yourself anymore, that's a sign. You're done. You know, you are done. Um, and maybe you need to be realistic about like hey, if you're hitting 1,800 calories and like two 20-minute cardio sessions and 7K steps a day and you're like tapping out, maybe it's like, okay, hey, then we need to get a little bit more realistic about the level of leanness that you're going to be able to achieve. Um, But if you're at like, kind of like I said, those extreme amounts and you're like, I just can't do more, then take a step, you know, take a step back. Um, And again, I want to just talk about this more, but if you are stuck, before you call it quits, before you get frustrated, really take a look, an honest freaking look at your consistency and your accuracy, okay? So consistency-wise, what are all the things you need to do in a day? Hit your water, hit your sleep, hit your calories, hit your protein. Like imagine you had a little chart, okay, and you needed to put a check mark next to every single one of those for every day of the week. How many check marks would you have? Versus, how many would you not like? Are you really hitting your calories seven out of seven days a week? Your protein seven out of seven days, or like six out of seven days, or your water, you know, like, or are, do you have a lot of these habits where you're hitting like three, four days? Because you can easily bump those up and probably see better results. Um, also, like again, I mentioned this earlier, about how many of your meals are guesstimated? Like, are you actually tracking? Are you weighing and measuring your food? Or are you just guesstimating everything? And even what I see oftentimes is when it's meals that you've eaten repeatedly. Um, I used to do this with my peanut butter at breakfast <laughs> on my toast. I eat it every morning. So I'm like, I don't need to weigh that anymore. And it's fine. I don't, especially when I'm in maintenance. I, I rarely weigh it when I'm in maintenance. But when I'm in a cut, if I'm in a fat loss phase... I start weighing it again and oftentimes what I realize is like, "Ooh, I'm supposed to be eating 25 grams of peanut butter and I've actually been eating 31, you know, and I know that sounds silly. I know it sounds small. I know it sounds nitpicky, but that's like a significant bit more calories and if I'm doing little things like that with multiple food items or at every meal, like you can easily be eating A few hundred more calories than you think you are, and that can easily be pulling you out of a deficit, especially if it's not an extreme one. So, guesstimation at home, or like I said, guesstimation when you're going out to eat. And if you're going out to eat and you're just guessing and you're doing that, you know, three, two plus times a week, like that's giving you probably a significant, um, you know, margin of error, especially if you're not kind of like overestimating, you're not tracking the cooking oil that is inevitably in your meal, you know, like you are eating more than you think. So take a real look at that. Um, Another one is like, you're doing a lot of like packaged food items, fun food items. Um, Again, like there is just room for like, calorie reporting inaccuracy by these companies so there is something that can be changed you know choose more whole foods keep your meals simple less packaged stuff more fruits veggies oats potatoes uh, bananas you know your lean proteins all of those you know basic foods make them the bulk of your diet um the blts bites licks and tastes you know your kid finishes its mac and cheese. It's oh my goodness, your kid finishes his or her mac and cheese and you take a couple bites before you wash the dish. Okay, cool. That's 50 calories, you know? So that's adding up. Um it's the little things, guys. So again, I do not want to be nitpicky about this necessarily. But it is the number one reason I see people burned the heck out on dieting is if you're doing this. You are putting in the work without seeing the results or you feel like you're putting in the work and you're not seeing the results, you know, you know it like, you know, you're doing it. So just try to take some accountability for that. And I know I'm always harping on this and it, you know, it might make me the most hated coach in America, (laughs) just kidding, but like I tell it how it is. And this perception of balance that we have, that we see on the internet, again, I talk about it all the time. It's not realistic for the body that you're picturing. It's not bad. It's not bad to be like, oh, you can go out to eat and you can drink margaritas and you can eat ice cream and you know, it's not bad. And this is, you know, it's just more of a maintenance lifestyle. It's probably not going to move the needle forward for you in a cut, in a dieting phase, especially if you're at this, I want to lose the last stubborn five pounds point of your dieting phase. Certain levels of a physique will call for certain levels of being perfect or more adherent on a plan. Sorry, but 80-20 is just not going to help you lose those last five pounds and get you the six pack. It's just not. And this is exactly why we need periodization. I told you we'd loop back to this, but you know when to push and you know when you get to pull back. Um, It sucks as a coach to see someone feel like they are pushing themselves so hard or they're like, Lexi I've been in this dining phase and nothing is happening and week after week I'm just like okay how many times did we go out to eat this week or did you are you measuring things you know you're just not quite adherent enough to see progress and it's so so minimal it's like maybe you're eating 200 more calories a day than you need to be eating just because you're taking a couple bites of your husband's sandwich, you know, and it stinks. It stinks to see that because then you get so frustrated and see them give up and be like, well, I'm just not cut out for this. So I'm here with this message. Like when you decide on a dieting phase, freaking decide, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, this is a push phase. I'm going to push myself, I'm going to do it, it is temporary, I'm going to get it the fuck done, and I'm going to get out. Dieting is not where you are meant to stay. I'm not going to be able to help you reach that level without working your booty off. You know, Um, It's just more work than maintenance, and it doesn't need to be forever, and it shouldn't be. And again, I'm talking about that last 10 pounds, last 5 pounds mentality, I want to look pretty lean, you know, that type of thing. Um, And you just have to decide what are you okay with in your life? You need to decide this when you are looking at the level of leanness that you're expecting in your brain. And one more thing I want to say actually is is just because you aren't maybe choosing to push that extra little bit now or just because you're reaching this tapping out or tipping point now where you're like, oh, I can't do more right now doesn't mean that you can't ever. It doesn't. Um, yet again, another beauty of periodization and I have a billion posts about this. So message me if you want to talk about it or want me to send you one. Um, But I will always be giving the reminder that the dream body is rarely achieved in one one go around. I think I just need to make an entire episode about nutritional periodization, but truly like that's the beauty of it. You are rarely, especially if you're new to your fitness journey, if you're new to lifting weights, if you're new to the gym, you're probably not going to pop into your first dieting phase and be like, poof, I'm toned and lean and shredded and I look everything I've ever wanted. You're going to be like, okay, I've lost the weight. I'm making progress. And now I've reached my, my end point where I don't want to make any of those adjustments anymore. I don't want to drop my calories more. I don't want to add more cardio. I want to go back to maintenance and spend time there, readapt your metabolism to those higher calories, build more muscle, and then start another cut from that higher maintenance and see even better results, you know? Because the goal is, say I'm 150 pounds and I go in a diet phase and I lose 10 pounds, okay? Now I'm 140 pounds. Or I'm using the scale because it's easy to speak through, but even if you're looking at photos or whatever, I've reached a certain body comp. I'm 140 pounds, okay? Now I've increased my calories back up to maintenance, But I've maintained that 140 pounds or that same physique. Now I'm gonna cut again. Now I'm at 130 pounds, okay? Now I'm gonna go back up to maintenance and do the same thing. And now I'm gonna cut again. And that is how you continuously improve your body composition over time with nutritional periodization. So, hope that makes sense to y'all. But just because you're tapping out now doesn't mean it needs to be a forever thing or you can never get better. It just means like, okay, this phase is over, <laughs> you know, we're, we're done here now. So keep that in mind. And the last thing I want to talk about before we go is you, if you want to maintain, assuming that your results are like a maintainable level. And like we talked about earlier, you're kind of just at that, like, I want to reach a healthy body composition. And even if you are going for that, like, kind of extreme or more extreme level of leanness, um, you still need good habits and a good reverse diet plan to not not screw it up or rebound or whatever. It's maybe even more vital. So this, this like maintaining exit strategy thing should be established before. (laughs) It should be established before you do the cut. And this is another reason I do coaching the way I do. I've talked about it earlier in this episode, but just optimizing habits and everything before you do the cut. Okay. You need to understand because even if, again, this is something I talk about a lot, for me, like my maintenance, it's around like 2,000, 2,100 calories. That's not like fuck it level of calories. It requires me to, when I go out to eat, I have to think like, okay, what should I order? What's a good portion size? Like I have to be mindful, you know, mindful eating. I have to put effort and thought into it. And if I wanted to maintain a higher body fat percentage, I would have a little bit more wiggle room. So this is something else that you need to expect is that, when you're done dieting, you still need to be able to practice moderation when you eat out. You need to have those good sleep habits in place. You need to have an exercise routine in place. Hydration, you know how to build a balanced meal, and you are used to grocery shopping for yourself and cooking at home. Like, those are all habits that need to be established before you go into the cut because they will need to be maintained after. So this is why insane crash dieting doesn't really work because you quit and you're like, okay, well, what the hell do I do now? So I know it can be frustrating and I know that people experience this a lot. I know it can be frustrating to full on have to actually like learn things like what's protein? How do I eat enough protein? Um, I'm not good at ordering when I'm out or like being mindful when I'm out. I know. I know that it's hard to practice those things before you like really push it. Like you start a process and you're like, "I just want to grind." But I promise it will serve you when you walk away uh from the dieting phase and it's going to make sure that your results don't go anywhere. You know, it's it's really important. So, I walk away from all of my clients knowing that through my coaching process, they at least have the knowledge somewhere up in their noggins to support that maintenance, whether they choose to use it or not, right? But like, I try to provide as much information as I can everywhere from the onboarding video to my weekly check-ins so that whether you are being perfect every week and implementing everything I say or not, it is floating around somewhere up there in that brain. And when you're done dieting, You are going to have it up there. You've got the skills. You can practice them, you know? So I hope that all makes sense. I hope this episode helps you guys not only learn, you know, what to do when you hit a true plateau in terms of identifying one and then maybe making those macro adjustments or cardio adjustments, but also to really just assess your plan and decide whether or not you even want to, because I think that's. What this turned into, and I think it's really important when it comes to that. I want to lose the last couple pounds mentality. So, whether you are pushing yourself to lose those last couple pounds, or you're in a maintenance phase, or you don't know what direction to go from here, I hope this was helpful. Thank you for being here. Don't forget to share it. As always, feel free to shoot me a DM if you have feedback, if you have questions. Um, I absolutely love chatting with y'all. I'm here to help you and. See you next week. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Get Your Health Together podcast. I hope you enjoyed it along with some steps and sun. If you love the episode, don't forget to share it with a friend or tag me on Instagram. And if you have a question, never hesitate to shoot me a DM. See you next time.